Welcome to Nightlock, a Hunger Games podcast. I'm Kira, and welcome to Nightlock Podcast, where we cover anything and everything related to the Hunger Games franchise through news stories, book analysis, fan fictions, related music, product reviews, as well as other fun segments. So today I'm joined by my friend Chorus. Oh my gosh, I just ruined your name right there. <laughs> Chris, who is on the uh, August episode TikTok. Um, so welcome back, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so today, obviously, one thing on the agenda, and that's to discuss the film Catching Fire. It was released November 22nd in the United States, and a few lucky people, including myself, got to attend an earlier screening the night before at 8 p.m. local time. So that was nice. Got to get to bed at a normal time. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and it's uh, longer than the first film by three minutes, so they're <laughs> keeping it pretty consistent. Um, it's clocked in at two hours and 26 minutes. Um, so before we get into discussing all the details and gushing about our favorite scenes, what they left out, all that good stuff. Uh, we just want to kind of like go over like how well the movie's actually doing. Um, so according to Deadline, global opening weekend grossed at um, 307.5, oh my gosh, 307.7 uh, million, early. I would guess. That's not right. But yes, I w- I'm going to say million there. Um, yeah. In 65 territories around the globe. And that's 45% better than the 211.8 million worldwide that the Hunger Games grossed in its opening weekend. So this franchise is just getting bigger and bigger. Um, you know, we're not we're not slowing down at any point, I don't think. We're only picking up. <laughs> yeah, picking up steam. <laughs> um, so as I said, I got to uh, see um, the movie the night before at 8. Um, local movie theater near my college uh, had it open early for us college kids that love to get to bed early so um so that worked out nicely um how about you chris when when did you Um, see it i had bought tickets for the eight o'clock they had an eight o'clock show near my school too Mm -hmm. um and i was like oh my gosh that's weird that's like way earlier than it would normally i was thinking like the midnight premiere but like they had an 8 p.m premiere so i was like okay and then um i go to school for you know theater and there was actually callbacks for one of the productions the night of the um, oh. premiere. And so I couldn't go, I had to sell my ticket. So that was like a really big bummer. Yeah. Um, but I did go, uh, that Saturday. So I went a couple days later, mm-hmm. um, and saw, and I went to see it again last night. Um, just so I can refresh my oh, mind good. and see it again. Cause I saw it really, I saw it like at 11 o'clock show. So I saw it pretty late last time. Yeah. So I was like tired. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was like awesome. Yeah. I, I wanted to see it a second time and I had plans to uh, see it with our good friend, Matt. Uh, oh. but, uh, it didn't end up working out, whatever, but I look forward to seeing it again when I come back for my winter break. <laughs> but, oh yeah. Um, it should be awesome. Yeah. I probably won't have time before that, but, uh, I look forward to seeing it again, but good thing that you saw it last night. Cause you know, it's been a week for me, but, um, yeah. you know, I took notes vigorously after it. So I would remember all my oh, favorite scenes and stuff. I mean, it is hard to forget. It's quite a remarkable I was kind film. of taking mental notes while I was watching it last night thinking, okay, I should talk to Kira about this. Oh, oh my gosh, so I should good. mention that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> so did you see it in IMAX or just normal? I saw it in, uh, I saw IMAX the first time and then normal <sighs> the second time. You've got everything covered. I wanted to see IMAX, but. Uh, it was so cool. Yeah. I, my school is kind of out in the sticks, so we didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't have that option, but. <laughs> I, I will when I come back home, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks, see IMAX. 
So how was the IMAX? So how did it differ it was from the normal? Awesome. Um, it was interesting because um, it was like you were in the. It was like so big, like you were like in the movie. Um, I don't know. Like for me, it doesn't really like make a huge difference, but it was cool because everything was so like giant that it was just like you were in it. There was no like, oh, we're watching a movie right now. You were just like with Katniss, like in the film. So that was pretty cool. And it's, it had a normal kind of screening. And then once she gets into the games, it turns an IMAX, right? Yeah. And then does it shrink back after she gets out of the games? No, I don't remember. Okay. I think I read that somewhere. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Very cool. Alright, so, you know, it's a long film. We're trying to break this up in some way to have a, you know, coherent <laughs> discussion. So, um, on our to-do list here, we have, we're going to discuss scenes and characters that were cut or different from the book. Um, our favorite scenes, least favorite scenes, which we only have two bullet points for that one. So, uh, pretty good there. Mm-hmm. Um, some standout actor performances. And things that were, like, very similar to the book. So, like, direct quotes and uh, scenes that uh, highly resembled certain pages or chapters of the book. Um, Talk about the score a little bit. Uh, Top emotional scenes that, you know, maybe some of us cried at. And that's pretty much what we have on the agenda. So. Cool. Let's get started. All right, let's do it. So, scenes and characters that were different cut from the book. Um... I think when I first think of this, I think of um, Twill and Bonnie from District 8. That whole portion was cut out. Yeah, I missed it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the scenes that were cut, most of them, I would say, I understand why they cut it and oh, yeah. why it helped the pacing of the film and so people didn't get confused too much going on. They just focused on the main points. Yeah. Um. And for the first film, there were certain things that I was kind of like, I was pissed off that they like took it out. But I feel like for this one, for Catching Fire, it was, the decisions were made much more strategically. And I don't know, I agree with most of them. I wasn't, I wasn't that angry fangirl that I usually am. Yeah, no, I agree. It was almost like I didn't even think it was missing until after the film. Like it was just like, oh wait, they didn't include that. But like, it doesn't really like... It, it wasn't pivotal so like you know it was okay that they you know kept that out you know mm-hmm. yeah that's exactly what i thought like right after i was like wait what did they leave out i had to mm. really think about it because i was so in the movie and kind of you know out of the book which is good you're not you know during the movie i wasn't making um all the comparisons i usually do like oh this is different this is different you kind of just go with it yeah um another change was that uh in the book gail was beaten because he was caught illegally hunting um and and then trading obviously um but in the movie he was protecting innocent citizen um and then you know he was uh punished for doing that which i i guess made sense because in the moment it just goes faster Mm -hmm. but they were hunting before that so he could have easily brought back a turkey you know what i mean yeah i just felt like that in order to like the pace was going so quick at that point of the film that like in order to just keep it going it could be like dramatic no and like go and like protect that random lady or whatever um and that's why so i just felt like it flowed nicely and if it was the way it was in the book it would have like kind of slowed us down 
um, especially in that moment, or it would have had to have been in another moment because it was just like too crazy with all the peacekeepers going cray and stuff. So yeah, going cray, cray going cray, going cray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, now I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, I mean the pacing of the film and everything, and it also shows like their conflict more of the, they're really fighting. Whereas mm. if it was just him hunting, then it was like, all right, you're being punished. But this was more like straight in your face conflict you know hitting each other all of that good stuff all the fun stuff yeah. like hitting each other <laughs> all that intense <laughs> intenseness um and you know kind of a a blanket statement that um they condense the whole first couple weeks of the novel that you, you you made this comment that uh yeah you know having all the events within the first part um of the movie occur like on the first day um, mm. but i i like i liked it um, because it was done very tastefully and like smart. Yeah. And I was, um, because when I first saw it, I was like, whoa, everything's happening really fast. But I was like, well, the pace is going to be fast. So like, obviously everything has to happen quickly. Right. So it can't be like, go oh, another day, you know, this, that. So it was cool how, um, they were able to like condense everything into like one day and, um, you know, it was awesome because it was just like as soon as they were done filming for Caesar, they were like, all right, we're out in 10. The Effie's like, we're out in 10. And then they're on the victory tour. It's like, whoa. Um, so that was cool how they were able to kind of wrap everything up in a nice little bow. Yes. <laughs> um, and that, you know, in the book, it's it's a good read, obviously, but you definitely – the almost I want to say the first two-thirds of it are very slow. You, you kind of get through it. You like it, you know, and it's but it's not – capturing Until the attention the end, right right and the movie is all like that it's all capturing mm. attention just going 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 you know scene after scene yeah um and katniss learns only at the very end of district 13's existence where that she kind of throughout the book she kind of um was is, thinking about it yeah debating is it true you know because she talked to bonnie and twill yeah um but that's a whole nother plot line that you know, they they definitely it worked for them to push till the end because everyone would have been like, "What? What's District 13?" and not understanding that. And yeah, know. they would have been distracted because like Plutarch just mentions that we're going to District 13, and Katniss is like District 13. He's like, "Yeah." It was just, and then that was the end of it, and then they had to move on. <laughs> so it was just kind of like I was kind of like a little disappointed with that because I was like, I loved the whole like thinking about 13. Um, like plot story that Katniss was like, is it real? Is it not? Like yeah, I'm watching the videotape with the bird, like, Oh, it's in the same corner. And that whole, yeah, that whole little like thought process of her. But obviously we can't get into her mind cause it's a film, you know? Right. So, but they do a good job for not having it be voiceover. Cause I feel like voiceover would have just ruined it. It would be it. so it cheesy to twilight. I think it, Ugh, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too much. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, they uh, are able to do things very uh, smoothly. Yes. And, you know, to make things smoothly, they took things out. Like, uh, chapters 9, 10, 11, they're completely gone. And most of uh, 12, we just uh, see, obviously, the announcement of the quarter quell, which that was an interesting scene. Like, to see each victor um, from District 12 in their houses, like, alone watching it. I mean, yeah. Katniss was with her mom and sister. But, um it was it was interesting to see like how they how they did that because obviously in the book we're just seeing Katniss and and her reacting to it and a little bit of her mom and sister but as soon as she finds out she kind of just runs away yeah she bolts right and in, in the book she 
broke into... She goes the, into that house. Yeah, one Victor's of Victor's house. houses. And the movie, she goes in the woods, which I always thought when I was reading it, the book, I was like, well, she's totally, like, woods-oriented, and that's, like, her safe ground, so why wouldn't she go there? So when they moved it in the movie, I was like, that's right. Yeah, that's better than the book. <laughs> I think it would also have been kind of confusing, because people would have been like, whose house is she in? Like, is that her house? Like, right. why isn't her mom coming to get her? You know, so I thought it was a definitely, like, a more solid choice where like the audience would just be able to understand she's just in the woods crying like she's you know so that's uh and i totally agree with your point like i didn't even think about that so um i just think it was a more um like solid choice for her to run out a different environment definitely and yeah viewers that have not read the book would be confused as to why she was in someone else's house and that's just one example of how the producers um and francis lawrence the director like really took the book and figured out how to please us hardcore fans and also to have um viewers that are not knowledgeable about the series at all to be able to follow the the movie you know it's it's a it's a really good balance between the two because usually it's like you please one it's hard to please both audiences and have everyone understand what's going on yeah um so there's no scene where uh katniss and Peter watch haymitch's games the 50th games um or any of the other games, like the other tributes yeah, and everything. Yeah, that's a little disappointing. We we did they did have like the montage of like where they like saw each of the the being reaped, though I think right. it was. Because mm-hmm. um, that's how so, we were introduced to a lot of the characters, which yeah. is a great way of doing it. Because it's like, oh, Katniss and Peter seeing all of these, they're you know they're competition and then the audience is also being introduced so you've got that dual action going on there um but because katniss and peter didn't watch Heyman's games uh we didn't get like the background on mace mace lee donner um and how katniss got the mockingjay pin and again that's different in the um the films because mm-hmm. she just gets it from the hob she's like oh this is nice and takes it home whereas yeah. in the book it's a lot a lot different but i mean I feel like I say this like every five or ten episodes, but I was surprised that uh, Madge wasn't a a more pivotal character later on in the series because you think like, oh, she gives her this pin that is, you know, representing so much. It starts a whole rebellion and all this, and she never comes back into the picture. She's never like important. It's like, you know. No, yeah, no full circle or anything. It's just kind of like, well... She was in the first book. Yeah, it's like you think it's going to be one of those foreshadowing things, and then it just never ends up being anything. And I think like, we're looking ah. too far into that. <laughs> Probably. I, I just want everything to mean so much in the series. Yeah, right. Um, so Katniss's goodbye in District 12 is very dramatic in the film. You know, in Hollywood, they like to dramatize everything. And the um, s- score swelled, and you were, no, no, goodbye. Ah. Yes. Yeah, oh, it was intense. Reaching towards Prim and her mother and... I guess Gail. <laughs> yeah, oh, well. Yeah, we'll see on that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so that was a little bit different because um, in District 12, she's like, oh, I can't say bye. All right, moving on. So Yeah, she's sort of like numb at that point, I think, in the novel where it's just like, you know, I'm I dying, just... whatever. Life. Yeah. <laughs> um, and another part that was different in the book that I loved that they changed I did this, too. Was that uh, Katniss actually gets to see Peta's painting of Rue, mm. um, in their, I always forget, private sessions, right? Private sessions. In the, in the, yeah, training, the, um. Training center. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, which, it was beautiful, like, 
that was it was awesome. really pretty yeah and we didn't get to see it in the book i mean even if they described it we still you know don't get the full effect but well yeah well it's also isn't it covered with like a sheet in yeah. the book so kenneth can't see it. so kenneth knows that like something happened but she's just like uh okay whatever like yeah she just like gotta... smells the cleaner and sees something mm. over it and she's like what happened there mm-hmm. um and in the book it, or sorry in the movie it seems like she sees this and then she thinks of Seneca Crane to do all that. So yeah. that was an interesting kind of uh, Peta leading Cat to do something like setting off rebellion kind of thing. So that was an interesting change and in just kind of, um, you know, order of events and how they relate to one another, cause and effect and all that. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, you had a question whether uh, Plutarch was in the book. Um in the whole book, in the, no. <laughs> in the hovercraft. Right, in the hovercraft. I don't I don't remember. I, I'm trying to think of the Because I, like, Wikipedia'd it really quick before mm-hmm. we started. Yeah. And it just says that, like, Hamish, BD, and Finnick are in the hovercraft with her. So I was like, because it was cool that Plutarch was there because we got a visual representation, like, hey, he's on our side. Like, yay. But I don't remember him being in the hovercraft in the novel. I feel like, well, in the novel, was it... When she comes in with a syringe and she hears them talking about uh, PETA and the Capitol and District 13, she definitely sees Hamish there because she attacks him. And yeah. I do remember Finnick being there. Yeah. Was BT also there? Because BT in the film was sedated. He was he was out. Oh, well, said and I, he, yeah, he was. Um, I in on Wikipedia it said he was, but I'm pretty sure. Um, okay. but I don't remember that specific scene. Yeah, I want to say Plutarch was there. I th- I think so because he he's the you know he's the leader behind this whole whole thing for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, some more points. Uh, so Effie drives like the the team theme between her, Katniss, and Peta much harder. Um, which I think was good, like to add that more more layer of that. My yeah. hair is gold. You have a gold pin. <laughs> Something for the boys. I thought that was a really like um, sweet and uh, right. wonderful Le- moment for Effie. Yeah, lightens the mood a little bit of you know dark death, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think because they talked about like the theme, the team theme. That's hard to say. Team theme so much. Um, <laughs> I would say if this was a normal episode, that would definitely be the title of it. But um. um <laughs> I think it was easier to understand when Finnick had the golden bangle that it was like, oh, okay. Like it was easy for viewers to connect the dots to be like, oh, uh, that Hamish means- gave him that he's on our side. Blah, right. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Connect the dots a little bit. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, I noticed in this film more than the other one that Katniss is somewhat more like glamorous looking um, where she's always kind of got eyeliner. Her hair is darker. She's mm-hmm. sort of always... You know, maybe it's just because she's on the victory tour and she's not in District 12, but even in parts of District 12, she looked well, more well-groomed, and it's probably because she lives in the Victor's Village. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like, Candace is cleaning up. She's looking good. She's, yeah. you know, healthier. So <laughs> She's getting a little older. <laughs> yeah, it was a, f- a physical thing I noticed of Candace throughout yeah. the, this film. 
the first time that we we saw images of her, I noticed the hair right away. I was like, they changed the hair. That's not oh, yeah. okay. Every little change I hate at the beginning, and then I learned to love it. I, you know, I, I listen back to old episodes once in a while, and I talk about how much I hate the casting. <laughs> and then now it's like, no, nah, I love Sam Claflin like, now. Kira, no. Uh, yeah. You just have to remind me. It's like, just just give it some time, Kira. You, you'll get it eventually. <laughs> just let it settle. No, yeah. um, the hair, her hair I didn't even really notice very much because the overall, like, coloring of the film when yeah. they weren't in the arena was dark anyway so you wouldn't even really be able to tell if her hair was it may have just it may look a little darker but it didn't like struck out like you know it wasn't like um, whoa when did she dye that it was like yeah (laughs) yeah it was good um yeah i think it's like she has more of this like glamorous look as you call it because in the first film it's like she is she has nothing to do with the capital she hasn't been you know groomed and all that but like once she's out of the games and she's in the public eye so much i think they kind of keep that up and like you know waxing her and all that stuff so she doesn't even really have control over a lot of it um and one of the other big changes was that um plutarch doesn't show katniss's watch Oh, I didn't like that. Yeah, that was one of your least favorite scenes. Yeah, I didn't like that. I mean, I liked his performance, um, but, like, the watch is the whole thing. Like, the watch is, like, it show it foreshadows, like, how he's in, as a part of the revolution. So it was sort of, like, you know, like a visual representation of, like, whose side he's on. He did, like, allude to, oh, I volunteered just like you, you know, yeah. sort of. That was his, but, like, verbal hint kind of thing. Yeah, but still, it was just like, come on, like it would—it could have taken like three more seconds, and it would have been a beautiful watch. I mean, I oh, like, if they could have sold it, like I would have bought it. So you know, it's just like uh, frustrating, you know. Yeah, definitely. It's like something like that would have been easy to include, just to kind of have a glance. And like, even if the audience was confused, they—they they would. It's one of those things that if you watch the movie again, then you'd get it and you pick up on these things. Like, yeah. That's what makes a good movie is that you don't get everything the first time that you have to keep watching it like multiple times and like you pick out different things. Um, yeah, that, that's a little disappointing that they didn't have that in there. They co- could have totally three second shot to his watch right? and then move like, on. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> I still like I liked it, but it was just sort of like, oh, come on. Yeah. Like I was kind of looking forward to it and it Francis never happened. So. <laughs> come on, Francis. Such a disappointment. <laughs> And uh, you like this next uh, point here. Oh, my God. It was so freaking funny. Um, um, when Effie says uh, the library in the capital, or no, in the president's estate or whatever, um, she was like, the library, all mahogany. And I was just, I just died. I was like, yes, <laughs> because like, that is mahogany from the first film. And now she really, the girl loves mahogany. So yes. like, loving it. And then she's like, oh, curtains. She's just like, she's crazy. Like, she's loving life in the capital estate and the party. So she was so funny. Yeah, definitely. But like, Effie's character changes a lot because the first book, she's totally superficial. And for most of this, she tries to keep that. But at some point, she kind of, she starts getting, you know, very, very upset that Katniss and Peter are leaving because she's grown attached to them. And, and all of these capital citizens, you start seeing that they actually start caring about, you know, others, you know, district citizens and everything. And it's... They become more human than, yeah. you know, alienated, you know, caricatures that they were before. They have, start having redeeming qualities, like when Effie reaps Katniss. And in, in the book, I'm pretty sure there was just a bunch of papers that said Katniss instead yeah. of the just one. And that kind of was um, almost 
like people started kind of laughing at that in the theater when I was there. Cause they were just like, yeah. <laughs> well, obviously it's going to be kind of, you know, so, um, but even when she called her name, she's like, like starting to cry. And it's just like, uh, yeah, Effie may be kind of psycho sometimes, but she is like a real person, you yeah, know, she does so, care about them. Yeah. Um, and especially the moment where she says goodbye to them. Um, oh, my gosh. You know, the night before the games. I mean, that was intense. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I think the first games is a lot of like hype and you're getting into the world, but it's like, you know, by catching fire and obviously mocking Jay, it's, it's all about like the emotions and the character development and like seeing these characters, how they started to like, you know, how the war has affected them and all this. And, you know, I, I think mocking, both mocking Jay movies are going to be hard to get through. Like at least this has somewhat of a light quality to it, but the other ones are just so dark and heavy. Oh, it's going to be rough. I don't know if I can sit through two hours. I mean, I know I will, but uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's I, we both hard. will. But it, oh God, I was like sobbing reading the book, so it's going to be hard watching it. Yeah, play out. Yeah, oh, so hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I've got a question for you. I've always been confused on this. I don't know if I just missed this in the series, um, but President Snow granddaughter is introduced, and I remember other fans talking about it. Uh, we have a a listener that uh, we've talked about her character a lot, but I don't remember her being in the books. I don't think she was. Yeah, like I don't know. And if... it's like, how would we know? Because uh, unless Katniss had like met her or something, it's all Katniss's point of view. So like, right. none of those scenes with um snow which i loved um would have been in the book unless katniss witnessed it in some way shape or form because you know katniss it's through katniss's point of view so we wouldn't i don't think she does i think it was a pure um purely like movie character screenplay Mm -hmm. written in which i which i thought was brilliant um but I don't think she is in the series, in the books. Yeah, that's what confuses me because um, I believe her name is Bramble, Bramble Snow. Because um, uh-huh. we've had listeners talk about them as a character and I'm like, what? Did I miss an entire character? Like, So if, if you know about that, email in. I'm, I'm very curious how uh, you knew about that before the film. I don't know if you have yeah. a secret in, you know, a source in there that you could uh, hook us up with. But I would love to know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So something that uh, was added on really quick, but, you know, uh, very important that uh, right before Katniss shoots the arrow, you know, into the dome, oh, the God, first yeah. the dome, uh, Finnick reminds her, remember no, right who the enemy he, is. Um, sh- she shoots the, uh, she shoots Finnick. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. You're right. Yeah. 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 Cause that's like, he's like, Katniss, like, whoa, you know, I'm not the bad guy here. Like, who's the bad guy? Remember who the bad guy is. Right. Oh, that was so emotional. Loved it. Yeah, and all of, like, there's so many foreshadowing points to it where, like, you know, they keep saving PETA. And as Katniss and Peter are trying to figure out, as the audience tries to figure it out, if they haven't read the book, obviously. And, I mean, the whole, that that was very um, strategically done. It's, like, a, kind of setting up certain uh, foreshadowing points. So, you know, when you go back and look at it, it's like, wow, like, you know, look at all these points that lead up to this this, you know. Yeah, Big that thing. was awesome. And then like Joanna's like, I saved them for you, like mm-hmm. BD and um, just like uh, in the book, which made me so happy. <laughs> yeah, which was awesome because then because then she's like, for me, like why for me? And then Peta and Kenneth are trying to figure it out while we're trying to figure it out, and we're just like, what? So uh, that was cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there's a lot of like small things that change, which don't really matter, but I I feel mm-hmm. the need to mention them, I guess. Um, 
when a- after the fog attacks them oh and the fog was different um in the movie, oh, yeah in the book they had them kind of uh it was like a muscle it affected their muscles so they couldn't really walk and you know they had a you know their face dropping and everything almost um, like a stroke yeah yeah that's that's what i'm looking for thank you <laughs> you're welcome um, or in the movie, they got, like, boils and all of this stuff, which I think it just makes sense because it would have looked really stupid and cheesy. Oh, yeah. We wouldn't have really understood um, unless they, like, blatantly, like, I can't move the fog, you know, yeah. like, otherwise they would have to spell it out for us. So I kind of liked how they um, were able to do something visual that we could see that was causing them pain instead of, which was disgusting, but, like, wonderfully done, um, that instead of having a, you know something that they can talk about in the book in their head and you know we wouldn't mm-hmm. have been able to understand that and they just used the water to heal themselves which was like a pond instead of a beach but it was very close to the beach yeah um, which just made more sense because it would have been like okay now we're getting cream to put on it's just more to add on to it you don't need to you know spend yeah, time on easier to condense yeah and for them to be able to like uh cure themselves right away it's like then we don't have to stare at you know as in the uh, book yeah. they're like oh we're ugly we're ugly or whatever and like yeah. you know, <laughs> In a movie, you don't want to be staring at actors with, like, green stuff all over their face. Yeah, it was a little rough. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a good move. Yeah. Um, um, oh, and at the very beginning, we're going all the way back to the beginning. Yeah, um, throwback. When Katniss is in the woods hunting a little bit with Gail, and she sees Marvel right as she's about to shoot one of the turkey. Which, like, that's awesome. Post-traumatic stress disorder. Like, hey, look, like, the game screw you up. I thought that was great. And then also for the actor who plays Marvel, heck yeah, you get to be in the second one, too. Yeah. So that was pretty sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was a good throwback to the first film and reminding you of what she went through and how it affected her. It was just beautifully done. Um, Yeah. Great add-on, definitely. Yeah. And it's just one of those moments. It's just like they have all these little moments in here that just add up to be a you know, a masterpiece, as I like to say. And yeah, and I loved how a lot of things, um, we'll touch on it later as well, but a lot of things were able to, the continuity was wonderful. Like, you know, um, like the train was exactly the same. Like a lot of the things were like the same, like even um, maybe not replica, but like almost similar to the first film's like set, as in like the train. And and, um, yes, District 12 is a little different, but like continuity wise, it, is very very tight with the first film and it's not like harry potter how they would sort of change it yeah. like up for each film you know in order to suit the stories different hut, all that <laughs> yeah just be random places but this was all very like similar and um it was great i loved how connected both films are yeah even though it has a different director even too right. so that was banging yeah, and it it just kind of pick up where it left off. So, yes, it was 20 months ago that we saw The Hunger Games originally. So, you know, that's tough to, like, have that long of a waiting period between the movies. Now we don't have that. We just have a year between each one from here yeah. on out. But um, I think it's also important to have um, all of this be the same, like, you know, continu- continuity-wise. Because a lot of the characters that were in the first film are not in the second film. So you got to have something stay constant. Um, Because in other series, it's like, oh, it's the same characters and everything. But a lot of the characters die in the first film. So Yeah, there's that little uh, problem. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Definitely. Um, And and I think, you know, the last point to make that was different was that Hamish never stopped drinking. But I think that would have been another... Oh, yeah. I I actually forgot about that. I know, right? (laughs) Um, 
which that would have been just extra things that they didn't really have time for. It's not really like that it's necessary. Pivotal, I yeah. Guess. And who knows? They might bring that back for Mockingjay. Like you know, they're gonna need extra things in, in Mockingjay anyway to make it two films. So yeah. And I think there's some rumors going around that Susan Collins might be helping them write some additional scenes here and there to kind of Heck beef yeah. it up a little bit. So that's awesome. So good stuff. Well, we've talked a lot about favorite scenes, but we can you know get more into like our absolute favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, in the games, um, when they're going through like the first day in the games, which there's only only not not a lot of days in the games compared to other ones, um, mm-hmm. when Peta. Uh, pretty much dies and comes back to life. Um, that was a great scene. I mean, we had heard a lot of hype <laughs> yeah. about it because um, both Sam and Josh, Sam plays Finnick, um, were talking about the scene and their bromance and all this stuff. And <laughs> Finnick was saying that was his favorite part, being able to kiss Josh and all this stuff. So, uh, so it was cool to be actually be able to see it and you know everything that went down. And he had one good line that you wanted to share with us. Yeah, watch out. There's a force field over there. You know, after, and then Katniss is just like, she starts crying and she's laughing. And it was just like a uh, a, a comic relief sort of moment where she's like, holy crap, Peta almost died. And yet he's still able to be like humorous and like light. Right. And to be so Peta, that was very you know, nice. Like, and it didn't, it didn't affect him too much, you know, just, just got a little tired, but um, he was pretty good. And uh, one little change uh, for that scene from the book was that. Um, in the book, they keep referencing, oh, Katniss is crazy because she's pregnant. She's all hormonal and all this stuff. Oh, yeah. And in the film, they, like, really never bring it back. Like, yeah, they never really – they uh, just kind of mentioned it and the people in the Capitol were like, oh, my God. But it never was – because I, I was thinking about that actually watching the movie last night where she would always, like, pat her stomach or, you know, yeah. she would just sort of be like, oh, the baby, blah, 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 in order to, like, get some, like, sympathy from, mm-hmm. like, sponsors and stuff like or that. Or I'm so hungry and then they send yeah. me or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, keep um, playing And that then card. another one of my favorite lines, which shows how, like, Jen is, like, really embodying, like, Katniss's sense of humor, which was when um, Peta, like, was having the conversation with her in the back of the train about, you know, like, getting to know each other and, like, what's your favorite color? And she's like, oh, now you're stepping over the line. <laughs> that was good. Uh, which that- really just, like, yes, Jennifer Lawrence, go, because, like, that was awesome. You're really, like... Because it was also somewhat of her humor, but it was so much of what Katniss's humor is in the book and that she, you know, speaks that she's really captured her voice is Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And even like there's – it's very rare that like because Katniss and Jen are so different as people um, that you don't get to see like, you know, Jen in the movie a lot. Mm. Um, And I almost want to say that's one of those moments where she's, you know, being humorous and she's kind of like saying, hey, hey, too much. Back up, you know. Um, yeah, and another one of those scenes was where uh, I I want to say this is my favorite like comical scene, um, where Joanna s- is stripping in the elevator. Oh my gosh, yes, and I, her that, face. Was, that was fantastic. Like oh, everyone's so reaction, um, and so it was Joanna, Hamish, um, Katniss, and Peta in the elevator, and Hamish wasn't there in the book, but I'm so glad they added him because it just yeah. added to the whole everyone's reactions and how, how it all went down. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and I think this is really a moment where Jen didn't even have to act here because this is her, just her, her reaction faces were yeah. priceless. It's <sighs> like, you know, there's, she's huge on Tumblr and, and, you know, all over the internet, social media of, you know, all gifs of her faces and everything. And 
it was it's just fantastic like you know she's just like oh, come on are you kidding me like wh- wh- what are you doing yeah and then of course Peta just staring at her un- you know undressing her and then hamish is like all right yeah hamish is like let's go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i definitely enjoyed that scene and um uh jenna malone talked a lot about um you know doing they i guess they filmed that scene for like a day or something so she kept having to walk out of the elevator naked and they were in a hotel filming it so people were like looking at her walking out of the hotel like what are you doing um so that was definitely good and it's it's cool to be able to uh you know hear the actors talk about scenes and then being able to watch them and kind of you know uh see what all the commotion was about exactly yeah so that that was one I, I I really enjoyed. I mean, my whole theater was bursting out laughing, and you know, it was it was a good moment. Yeah. Um, and so we talked a little bit about um, who I'm gonna go with her name is Bramble, a uh, present Snow's granddaughter. Um, this was an add-on that was great. It was like stab in the face to President oh, Snow, yeah. not even heart the face. Um, <laughs> that. Everyone at school is, you know, talking about Katniss and all that. What did she say? I don't remember. Everyone at school, uh, he was like, oh, I like your hair, dear, or something. And she, um, he's like, when did uh, you start wearing, uh, When? why did you decide to wear your hair like that or something? And she was like, everyone at school is wearing their hair like this. You know, it's just, and he sort of like gives a face like, oh, oh, oh Katniss Everdeen, like that girl. <laughs> like, what that am I going to do with her? Me. Um, and then even when, uh, she gives PETA a kiss or something while they're on the victory tour and she's like, I want to be in love like that in love one day. And he's like, you will, my dear, you will, or something, you know, he's sort of just like that freaking Katniss, like (laughs) she may be full of my granddaughter, but not a lot of other people. So, you know, definitely. That was a great moment. And then even um, when she's on the victory tour, that one little girl who gives Katniss flowers or something is one day I'm going to volunteer just like you. Mm. And like, oh my god! Like Katniss's face was just like, oh my god! Yeah. Like, what is life right now? Like, yeah, what what have I done? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, look what I'm the influence I'm being right now. Yeah, in the book, it's we're stuck in her head, whereas the film, we're getting all these different perspectives and really seeing how everyone's affecting each other and influencing each other. Yeah. And I mean, this just all the, all the quotes you just mentioned are just you know perfect points and showcasing how she really is affecting everyone and not just her but Peta too but obviously we're focused more on Katniss as a character but I mean film did a great job in showing her influence because I think that's I think that's like a, a kind of the point of catching fire in the series to show how influential uh, Katniss is because you know later in Mockingjay she becomes the leader so it's like this is like setting her up to like sh- prove to Katniss like you are influential so that you know later on she can embody like the Mockingjay and and everything like that yeah um and going back to the party that was a good scene um and you know the one moment where Snow is giving a speech and then he drinks the champagne and, you know, goes to, like, you know, put it down or whatever. And some blood comes out of his mouth. Like, perfection right there. Oh, it was such a, such a like, a subtle, like, nice moment. And um, because um, I went with my boyfriend on the, the first time I saw it. And he was asking me, mm-hmm. he was like, well, why? And I'm like, I had to explain, like, the history of, like, snow. Like, they didn't really touch on it in the first film. But I love how they're kind of, like, bringing it full circle. Like, President Snow is this, you know guy who would drink blood and you know with his enemies and like that's how disgusting and gross he is and you know um, yeah and it's probably 
um, going to be more in Mockingjay. So we're just getting a little taste of it now. Oh, then, no pun intended. Yeah, right there. <laughs> Love the corny jokes. Um, so that later on they can talk about that more. So they're just kind of throwing us in there a little bit. Just a little taste of that. Um, and one of my favorite scenes is I know we don't get a lot of Katniss Peta, you know, uh, romantic things going on, but, uh, um, I loved it. And it was, the scene was thrown in there, but I'm so glad they kept it. Um, where Katniss is, uh, she wake she wakes up screaming, right? And then Peta comes in, she's like, what, what? And then she's like, oh, it's just a nightmare. And he's like, oh, okay. And he starts turning away. And then she's like, you can stay. And he comes in and comes into her bed. And I, we missed out on a lot of the scenes in the book where, you know, they, they just kind of, you know, sleep, sleep next to each other so that they can, you know, keep the nightmares away and everything. But I'm so glad that they just, they kept the idea in there. They kept the concept in there. Um, I know it's a little scene, but I, I appreciated the Oh, I liked there. it. Because it's like that on the train and then them um, before they go into the games. Mm-hmm. Like the sun is rising and she's like laying on his chest. Like, ugh, I love that stuff. Oh my gosh. Um, but it was nice little like, su- like not in your face, mm-hmm. like look you know it was just sort of like a, oh look at that yeah i mean that makes any sense oh definitely um yeah it i liked how it was in your face because with gail it was in your face it was Ugh, like, Can you stop? So <laughs> it's like i understand you're trying to show this love triangle and, oh my god i love gail and Peta, and they don't know what to do but it's like i didn't count i pro- i will next time i go i will give an update on this but I think she kissed Gail more than Peta. She kissed Gail twice. Okay, so maybe not. I guess they just felt. See, they they built it up to be more important when she was kissing. Pretty sure Gail. the moments were longer though when she kissed Gail than yeah. where they when when they were Pete with Peta. And they're more like emotional. Whereas, like a lot of times when she kissed Peta, it was just for the camera. But like, disconnected. We, yeah, we only see them kiss. I could be wrong in this, but I feel like we only see them really kiss on the beach, like that one time because. And you can tell, like, the viewer can tell, like, you know, it's more than, like, what it usually is. So, like, that was, like, I would consider, like, a real kiss. But I feel like that's, like, the only one. Maybe there's another one that I'm forgetting, but They kiss um, when, well, she kisses him when they fall in the snow while they're um, on camera. Mm -hmm. But that's not, like, a real, you know, like. Yeah, it's, like, all those fake kisses that don't really matter. And you can tell they're, like, faking it, you know, as as the audience, we can, like, kind of see that. But. So that kind of yeah, Jen does me. a really good job at sort of like showing how Katniss is sort of like putting on a show. She's like acting as Katniss, yeah, acting as someone else. like it's like yes, <laughs> Inception, Jennifer Lawrence, like right. love it. Um, so she does Fantastic. a really good job with that and how like Katniss is uncomfortable, but like she has to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think we, we we talked about the other our least favorite scene. How didn't show the the watch that that was. Yeah. It's definitely depressing. Um, disappointing, not depressing. Other things are depressing. <laughs> um, so some standout actors' um, performances. Um, I would have to say Stanley Tucci. I mean, we haven't really talked about him yet, but just a phenomenal. Like He's think- so great. The faces that he makes, <sighs> like, especially when uh, it showed a, the clip of um, – uh, Josh on his uh, or uh, Peta like proposing to Katniss <laughs> yeah, like his yeah. face it's just so funny and like it, it's just so like the character because the character is so over the top like, yeah oh my gosh fantastic I mean just so many expressions that are like so overdone 
but yeah. just enough overdone where it's not like too cheesy, but it's just Caesar it's just cheesy enough. Yeah. Um, so I definitely appreciate that. And everyone that I've talked to who's seen the movie talks about him first, even though he's not a major character, you know, he's, yeah, I think he's a famous actor, but, um, you know, I think because the film's so dark, um, you know, him, um, and, uh, Elizabeth Banks, like, and a little, a little bit, um, uh, oh my gosh, Woody Harrelson, like, those three actors kind of, um, bring up the mood a little bit, but I think Stanley Tucci really just, just made those scenes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't even know where to start with Jennifer. I mean, she did an amazing job. Um, oh, she's so amazing. I think every film she has, like, it just keeps getting better and better. Like, just her emotions. She's got them. It, yeah. I mean, when I first saw the trailer for the first film, I was like, I don't know. Um, but like when I saw the film, she blew me away. And then when I, and I saw, I just only saw one of the trailers and I was trying to like keep myself like surprised for this next one. And, um, and in the trailer, uh, like, you know, again, she was just like, like amazing. And then in the film, she like exceeded all of my expectations of the galaxy for her, yeah. you know, and her character, she was, she kicked butt. Yes. I, I take back anything I've ever said about Jennifer Lawrence in the first 20 episodes because at first when we found out about her, it was like, I I think the first picture most people looked at was, um, she's blonde. I think it's her Golden Globe dress or something like the red dress. Or like X-Men or something. Yeah, something like that. And um, and I was like, oh, like why did what? they, yeah, I'm like, they chose some blonde girl no one's heard of. Like, are you kidding me? And then, you know, two years later, we're like, all right, She's you like got the best billionaire. one. Um, yeah. And I hope that's the same with um, Divergent and the film yes. Divergent. Because I don't know. I don't really – I'm not really feeling this girl who's playing um, – Shailene Trance. Yeah. Yeah. I know she's like a big thing in the young adult world, young adult novel world mm-hmm. and films and things like that. But um, I'm really hoping that she kind of does like – you know slays it you know because i'm just like i don't know so i hope she's like a jennifer lawrence alike where she blows me away in the film but we'll see no we can diverge for a minute (laughs) (laughs) i really wanted to use that one um yeah i mean i'm a huge huge fan of divergent i don't have another podcast for that so um yeah it's coming out in march and i'm super pumped for it. i still have to read the second book um oh my gosh the third one just came out but i heard it's oh god i, really? I heard it's like mocking jay it's like a really sad the second one came out the third one the, the third one came out oh wow i'm behind yeah um I oh i did read, read the yeah, second one time. yeah no i've read the second one the third one I insurgent read. yeah and it's now allegiant right yeah i mean i think the books are great definitely i definitely recommend them people obviously they're not as good as the hunger games but they're it's amazing. very much like the Hunger Games. Like they're very much, they're very similar, similar mm-hmm. things. Where I'm just like, uh, did you get that from the Hunger? You know. Yeah. Um, but I love it. It's 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 a great book. So great yeah, book, two books so far. Shailene Woodley. There's been a lot of articles, especially on Hypeable, for those fans of ours that are also fans of Hypeable. I'm definitely a Heck yeah. Hypeable fan. I know you are. Um, oh yeah. They have a lot of good uh, Hunger Games news. Any franchise you're into, they have news on, which makes it easy to you know stay updated. That's Hypeable.com. Um, but Shailene Woodley, there's been a lot of, uh, comparisons to hers, like Jennifer Lawrence, because they, their careers have been very similar. Started out like on a TV show as a major, major role on like a, you know, comedy drama kind of thing. And then move on to like one big movie, um, which for Jen, it was like Winter's Bone and for Shailene Woodley, it was The Descendants. And now, you know, 
being cast in like a major, hopefully major, uh, film franchise and everything. So we'll, we'll yeah, see hopefully how they works. don't screw it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm praying. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. Right. Well, we'll have maybe a little little review on that at some point. Sounds uh, good. Yeah. Um, and Josh, going back to the Hunger Games or Catching Fire, he did a great job. I mean, I think he's always been good, but Jen has always kind of outshined him a little bit. Um, but I think he kept right up with her in this film. Yeah, he did. And like, even like with the whole, and of course, you know, Pete is so into the performance and sort of knows what to, what to say and do. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they did an awesome job, you know, and I thought he, he really also embodied PETA. Yeah. I mean, awesome. Josh has even said himself, he, he basically is PETA. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, where was I going with this? Um, I'm going somewhere. Um, a lot of the times, like, um, I was with my boyfriend when I went to see the movie. And so he was talking about how you could really feel for Josh. It's like, or sorry, for Peta that it's like, he wants to be with Katniss so much. And he, she says things, well, like you can propose to me or whatever. He's like, yeah, I guess like we'll get oh, done, whatever. Yeah. And like, you just feel for him. Like every time he's like, you know, like, I just want to be friend. Like, I just want to like be around you and you're just like Katniss just take him stop leaving him alone and everything and right so that you could so feel for him um much much more than the first film um and I think that also has to do with a lot of the writing and and directing and a lot a lot of that um and the newcomers Sam Claflin um I I listened to the the casting episode I was trying to get myself pumped for the catching fire uh that day so i was like all right i'm gonna listen to old episodes of night law because i like listening to my own voice <laughs> um and i was listening to like what what we all thought of the first casting and i hated sam claflin i you was did. like yeah i was like he's, you're not into him he's not like sexy enough he's cute he's attractive but he's, he's not the most attractive but i think he really he captures phoenix um like the air of phoenix like just being arrogant but like not too arrogant and like very mysterious and but strong at the same time and he can he can fight he can he can throw that trident around um so definitely definitely impressed me on that one um he may not look like the finnick in my head but he definitely acts like him which is way more important i thought he did he portrayed finnick very well yeah definitely um and jenna malone did a great job Um, she did awesome i mean she um joanna and the movie in the film the movie in the film the book in the film <laughs> same are, thing but right. yeah are pretty much the same like you don't really see any differences like yeah. i feel like she just studied the character in the book and just was like all right i'm just gonna just play this out like just really really good job on that one yeah it was spot on yeah definitely um she's a tough one <laughs> <laughs> um philip seymour hoffman i mean i'm still shocked that they were able to um get such a big name in the movie and and he definitely the scenes with him and snow you could tell he's being you know i keep saying strategic but really like that is a great word for, yeah. to describe like the film and everything they've done to you know pull it together and everything and um it's he was he was great i like i don't even i'm 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 speechless almost 
Yeah, I was, I, I like, when he came out for, like, the opening scene, I, like, leaned over to my boyfriend. I'm like, that's Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's like, I know. And I, I'm just, like, proud that he's, like, in the movie. Like, I'm just like, look, right? like, look how awesome that is. You know, and he, like, killed it. Like, he was very, and he was, um, again, strategic and really kind of somewhat mysterious where you didn't know, like, did he stand with Snow? And then we find out, whoa, he's part of the revolution. And, like, that's awesome. Like, heck yeah. yeah. So he played both sides very well. He, like, balanced them out and you weren't sure where he was going with it. Yeah. Um, definitely a phenomenal job on his part. But, yes, as you're saying, I- I'm proud when, like, the Hunger Games does well. I'm like, yeah, we did it. Like, you know, you heck feel like you're yeah. part of the team. High um, five. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and some direct quotes. I always love when they take quotes from the, from the book because you're like, yes, you get to see it perform that, that quote that you love. Um, we can kind of just go back and forth through them. Um, the first one was after Gail kisses Katniss for the first time. He's like, I had to do that at least once. Um, I love that one. You can, you can share the next one with us. Uh, Hamish, uh, when talking to Katniss about PETA, he was like, uh, you can live a hundred lifetimes and not to serve him, you know, which was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I realized after he said, I was like, yes, that is from the book. Like, and that's totally true because, you know, PETA is just so sweet and kind to her and she's just like a mess most of the time. So (laughs) yeah, like even like that scene, he comes back, um, you know, to Hamish to like, you know, work out like, all right, we got to save Katniss and there she is crying in the woods. So it's like, it does show like he's a he's overall a better person than Katniss and I think most other characters in the book, you know, we've talked about how perfect he is and everything. Um, but it's hard to see a lot of flaws in him. And the next one, (laughs) um, Katniss says to Finnick, um, I don't like jewels and I have more money than I need. And, um, and in the same scene, Finnick uh, says, I haven't dealt in anything as common as money for years, which is another, like, mysterious little, like, so what does Finnick do kind of thing. And then secrets. We- yeah. Yes. Secrets. Secrets. Um, and I love how Jen delivered that line. She's like, I don't like jewels and I have more money than I need. So, you know, it's just kind of like, I'm annoyed. Go away. Um, and then Cinna was, um, I just want you to look straight ahead as if the audience is beneath your, uh, beneath your notice. And Candace is like, finally something I'll be good at, you know, which yeah. is like, again, her like kind of like snarky humor, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Yeah, it was perfect. Um, and before Katniss goes on, uh, to do her interview in her wedding dress, um, uh, Joanna says, make him pay for it. Nice, nice, strong kind of like, uh, conniving way. Yeah. Um, um, but then I was kind of confused oh. because Joanna was backstage with Katniss, but then when Katniss goes out, all the tributes are up like standing and Joanna's yeah, there. That's... So I was like, uh, was there a scene that was cut or like, how did, how does that work out? Like, why is, uh, so there's continuity screw up there. I didn't understand, but, um, yeah. I didn't notice that scene, until now. Yeah. Um, Cinna goes to Katniss, remember Gronfire, I'm still betting on you, which was ugh, so nice. I loved it. Yeah, which leads to one of the most emotional scenes. We can go through those. Yeah. Um, I mean, Cinna's death, I mean, that was that was intense. It, it wasn't, oh, like, it was, was emotional, but it was so fast, and then all of a sudden she's in the arena moving on. And um, we totally forget about it, because it was just like, oh my god, stay alive. Right, right. Which um, was another great um, quote. You yes. Know, Any advice? Stay alive. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think, cool. I think Francis Lawrence really took what, what fans loved about the first film and emphasized that more in the second film. Mahogany, heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and when we're, we're just talking about um, 
Katniss's interview and everything, and then she reveals the dress, and then all the tributes hold hands, and that's an intense moment because, like, even as an audience that if you haven't read the book, you still understand, like, whoa, this is a big deal. This doesn't happen. Like, something has changed. They're making they're making a stand against the games, against the Capitol, and just just that image of them being, like, you know, united and everyone just kind of, you know, standing together. Um, that was intense. Um, and we've mentioned some of these already, so I'm kind of just going to go through... Yeah. Um, um, oh, one we didn't talk about. Um, when Katniss addresses Rue fam- Rue's family during the victory tour, that was really that was really sad. And I think they they did that scene justice because Peter, you know, says his part and everything, but then he like puts away the cards, and then Effie's like, "The cards, the cards, the cards." I don't know, I don't know why I write these. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just so great. Yeah. So it, it helps out that scene to not be. It's not be too like so to heavy but yeah. oh it was like emotional because peter was like i think we're done with what we have to say but then katniss is like no i can't not say something yeah and so she says it and you're like oh my god and then rue's mom is crying and all rue's little bros and sisters are like <laughs> crying and they're just like kind of like oblivious and sad and right. oh emotional yeah and then you got the whole uh, three finger salute and then he the the man gets shot and like that i think that was oh the like god. one of the first real big emotional scenes it's just it, but it goes so fast so you're like yeah. oh my like oh it's so sad but then it's like oh we're on to the next thing and but because it's like so i'm so glad they don't drag anything out because then i'd be yeah. so upset yeah you just you just sit in all of that emotions but i i mean you think about it we've been talking for almost an hour now and we haven't even hit a lot of the what happens Very you know true. it's like there, there's so much in there but while you're watching it you feel like you haven't even been there that long like you're done with the movie you're like whoa that was fast <laughs> Yeah, it it moves so quickly and it's wonderfully paced. So it's like a like a plus to the filmmakers. Yeah, for that definitely. Um, and in the arena, there were I would say like three big scenes, um, emotional wise. Um, Mags kissing Finnick goodbye and running into the fog. Um, that that was bad, and you that one kind of stayed with you longer because you could see yeah. Finnick dealing with it. Yeah. So that that was hard and. I liked that they didn't have her talk in the film. I feel like that gave her more, like, I don't know. It it, it showed her as more, like, More sympathy towards her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She That's seemed more innocent. Almost, not innocent, but, like, you know, um, I can't even find the right like, word. Like, you can like pity her more. Like, it's, you can't, yeah. she can't defend herself, you know? Um, exactly. So... That was that was that was a good scene, and um, even more emotion from the characters with the Jabberjay scene. Um, way better than I remember it in the book. Just like you know, reading through, I was like, yeah, no, this is a good scene. And there's stuff, you know, but I think just seeing their reactions, their faces, and their body language was just phenomenal. Like, I mean, when Katniss is running towards Peta to try and get out of that um, slice of the you know the clock. Um, and then he's yelling at her, and then she, she slams against the wall, and she's just holding her head down. And you know, I think that that was just that was definitely um, a really really great scene. Yeah. Um, and the last one I think uh, would be the Morphlin dying. That that was that was pretty much as I remember in the book too. Like not a lot of changes there. Yeah, it was sort of he was sort of just like look up at the sky, but I think he was talking about paints in the um in the book where he was just like talking about painting cuz he knew she liked to paint as right. well or something. Um but 
I, it was great, but it was also like a lot of people in the audience were kind of confused. Like, who is this lady? Like what? But, um, it was as well as like my, my boyfriend was like, who is, who's that again? Like, I don't really remember. Um, especially since like she was so dirty and like, you couldn't really recognize her, but it was a wonderful moment when you kind of knew what was happening. Yeah, it was a little confusing, I would say, I for uh, other viewers. It's like, you know, you have all these characters that you're seeing throughout the film, and then there's just one that, like, you've seen, like, once before. Pops out, yeah. yeah. But I think it also goes to show that it's, like, death in general, that it's not... Like, for, for the tributes, like, for the Capitol people, it's like, oh, another death. Like, they're either cheering for it or, you know, they're kind of just, like... Uh, they're not... They're kind of just neutral about it or something. But, like, it shows that it's, like, you know, for for the humans that death is is very sad and it's it's very um it's morbid and they're feeling for any everybody anybody and everybody kind of thing Um, yeah so i think that was kind of one of the purposes of of including that scene um but i think oh i have a question one final question yeah um okay for some reason uh, it's, it sounded familiar when Candace goes, you're a liar. You're a liar. Is, does that, does she say that, that quote in the first one too? Or am I just Okay. Like- I totally know what you're getting. You're, you're reminded of because at first I was like, we've heard this before. Yeah. Right. right? Okay. So you're talking about <laughs> the scene me. at the end when she's talking about Hamish, right? Yeah, I, okay. in the hovercraft, like you know, you promised that you would, you know, help Peta. You're a liar. You're a liar. You did. You you lied to me about right. all of this. Um. So she used the same voice because this is one of like the first things I brought up to the group of people I was with. Um. Okay, you've seen Silver Linings Playbook. Oh yes, <laughs> that's, that's it. what it is. When she's yelling at um Bradley Cooper's character. Bradley Cooper's character. Um. And the, sa- the same thing. You're a yeah. liar, right? You're a liar. I trusted you. you know, yes, that's She's the same is. voice. And it's just like, oh, okay, that's, that's, so that's Jen. That's Jen being emotional wreck. Oh my God, I love it. Okay, but, I get it now. Yeah. I'll have to tell my friends. Because I was like, wait, like, she totally said that in the last film, right? I'm glad but you brought it's... that up because I'm like, well, knowledgeable Jennifer Lawrence in yes, her last good film. Yes, you. A plus. <laughs> her Oscar winning like, film. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think... I, th- I want to say this film was better than The Hunger Games. Um, just, you know, the, the, cinemato- the cinematography. I always try and say that and mess it up. Um, cinematography <laughs> was great. Uh, the acting was better. The writing was better. I think everything was just a step up. Um, so Yeah, I-, I, I love the first film. And I and it's maybe, um, maybe, I don't know. I can't choose between which one I like more now, mm-hmm. right now. Um, but I love the, sh- like, the opening shot of the trees and the snow and yeah. you know and the shot of Katniss from above and just um when the hovercraft is coming to get her I really like those those very cinema you know cinematography cinematography you yeah. know kind of shots I, I I loved it I but I liked the directing a little bit more in this one mm-hmm. I think um I liked how it was very distressed, like almost indie film um, for the last one. But I think now as we're getting more like views of the world. Yeah, it's more, and... it has to be more Hollywood because you're including the capital more. So it's, you know, you're, you're seeing it a little bit differently. It's from a different, uh, different point of view almost. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. But, and no shaky cam, which I think a lot of people were uh, happy about. Um, yeah. We knew that ahead of time, but, you know, to uh, see the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I would have to say for me personally, I think this one was a little bit better, but I mean, it's hard because like both stories are different and they, they both have things that stand out 
definitely that you love better in different films. So, but I, I, again, with both films, I love how we're able to see the whole world and not just through the eyes of Katniss Everdeen. So that's cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah. All right. Well, just to wrap up the show, we'll remind you of where we can be found on social media. Uh, on Twitter, we're at NightlockPod, P-O-D. Facebook, we're at Facebook.com slash NightlockPodcast. Um, and that's usually what I plug, right? I'm, I'm losing track of what I usually do here. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, you can find us on there. Uh, my personal Twitter handle is Twitter.com slash And Chris, you want to plug yourself? Twitter.com slash ChrisCast95. Awesome. All right. Well, another good episode down, done to be released. Check. Yep. Check it off the list. Check it off the list. Thank you yes. so much for having me again. I love, yes, uh, love being it's on here. It's great having you. And, uh, we hope to, uh, record, um, I love doing, uh, last time, uh, taking the soundtrack last time it was a uh, district 12 and beyond. Um, so, and I don't know, have you, have you listened to it? Oh my gosh, I haven't had any time, but I I really hope to. to download it and uh, listen to it. Yeah, make time. It's on Spotify, so you don't even have to download it if you don't. Want oh, to. sweet. Yeah. Um, fin- I, I want to say it's better than the first one. And the first one, really, like one of my favorite CDs of all time. Um, it's it, but see, like the first one's like sad, you know. Where is this a little bit more upbeat, or is it still somber? Um, there's quite a few upbeat songs. Um, but like the themes are dark, but it's dark, upbeat yeah. songs, so it's it works. Um, but definitely you have to listen to elastic heart. My favorite one. I mean, honestly, since it came out, the CD has been on repeat whenever I listen to music, like that's awesome. It's it's a problem, but, um, but yeah, so we hope to, uh, at least talk about some of the songs, uh, on there on a a future episode. So, well, thanks for having, uh, thanks for having you on. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It was great having you and, um, love being able to discuss the movie, even if it's a little bit later than I would have liked to, but Hey. Busy life, balance, and everything. Right, um, it works. Life of a superstar. Yes, it's it's hard. It's <laughs> hard, you know. Um, so you listeners can email in what you thought um, about it. Um, didn't get a chance to look at uh, things that you've uh, sent to include, but definitely on the next episode uh, we can talk about what what you guys thought because that's important too, not just what we thought. So, <laughs> so be sure to send those in, and we'll talk about it on the next episode. But uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.